All right, Brian. Our next guest. Let's keep. Let's get him out of the waiting room. He's been there for about five minutes. You know, probably hearing all the stories. I'm pretty sure he's ready to say something back at Gunner. You know, about this this heel run. Let's see what he got to say. Let's hear the man himself, Elijah McAllister. Elijah, what's going on? Hey, I'm doing. I'm doing good. Hey, man. Uh, you know, I, I hear you was a basketball player. You know, in high school. You know, I played a little basketball myself in high school. And, you know, I sometimes just wish I could come down there and, and put you guys behind the three-point line because I can't bang down low with you anymore. You know, you got to lift that heavy weights. You know, Brian, when you get a little – they say when you get past 40, you know, you got to be smart about what you do in the weight room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you five, big man. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I pick my poise. I just stay out there and just play a little bit of horse with my nephew sometimes shooting threes. But – no, Elijah, you're six six, two six to one gunner six six. I'm like, man, it's not like a basketball squad. You know, this is what the SEC football is supposed to look like. You know, big offensive linemen, big tall defensive linemen. And uh, you from New Jersey, you know, you go to Vanderbilt and now you come to Auburn. Uh, so you have SEC experience. So for you being in different stadiums, it's nothing new. What do you, what made you choose to come to Auburn, though? You know, to transition from the SEC East over to the SEC West. And uh, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. Um, well, first off, thank you all for having me here today. I really do appreciate it. Um, just, you know, you guys continue to represent Auburn the right way and hopefully I'll do the same in these in a few minutes that I'm speaking. Um, but, you know, what shows me, what led me to Auburn was firstly the main thing was Coach Freeze. I had a great conversation with him um, in the recruiting process and that helped um, me kind of transition from Vanderbilt to here, but also, you know, staying in the best conference in the country, playing against the best competition. I got this running joke and old coach used to say to me, it's like, there's only three conferences in the world, the AFC, the NFC, and the SEC. That's it. <laughs> so really, uh, playing in the best conference, um, coming to a place like this, where there's a ton of tradition, a ton of winning uh, culture, and just trying to bring that back. So those are really the main mm -hmm. things. Coach Freeze, uh, standing in his great conference, and then bringing the winning back to a great university that has a ton of tradition. Well, Elijah, I believe you were the first, if not one of the first transfers to, you know, commit to Auburn. And now it's 20 new guys. Um, how does it feel to be that, you know, one of the first guys in? And, and how do you feel about all, all the, the new uh, faces and, and talent that the Freeze and company brought in? Yeah, I mean, naturally, uh, I have some leadership qualities. And I think starting this thing off uh, the right way and, and leading this charge was important for me. Um, getting in early and ready for the work. That's kind of, you know, why I'm here sitting so early. And then how I feel about the new guys coming in, I feel great about it. Anytime you can turn the roster over and add more talent, not only allows you to be better on the field uh, product-wise on Saturday, but also allows you to have more competition within your room and practice Monday through Friday, which in turn makes everybody better in your position group. And then product on Saturday becomes better. So the talent is amazing. Uh, we added a lot of pieces in a lot of positions, offense and defense. Um, and I'm just excited to get to work with these guys that have already started this, this month. So. Yeah, as as a matter of fact, all the Jack linebackers which you play are new guys, um, and I, I guess you've got to be a leader as a new guy to some of those guys because you got the experience. You were here first, but um, tell me what you've seen, especially as some of the guys that, that just showed up, like Stephen Sings and um, uh, Jalen McLeod uh, that, that just transferred over. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's been a lot of um, talk about. Obviously, you had two great uh, players who played position this past year. Um, traditionally, you know, have great uh, rushers here in this position and guys who's high production. I think all three of us complement each other really, really well. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm 6'6", 270, uh, played run really well. I played a lot of different uh, positions on the defensive line and I've had C experience. Um, I can get after the quarterback. Uh, 
a bit too as well. I can do a lot of different things. I can rush. I can cover. I play in a lot of different schemes. Smart guy. And I think uh, Jalen is a very twitchy dude, man. He's super twitchy. Great get off. Uh, amazing athleticism. I think Steven's a combination of uh, both of us and sits uh, right there in the middle in between. So uh, we all three of us complement each other really, really well. Um, all three of us have college football experience. I um, mean, all three of us are uh, humble workers that bounce ideas off each other, uh, which ultimately form a great uh, unit for a productive defense. Because as that position goes, you know, I think the defense becomes better. So, yeah, and like you said in the SEC, like you definitely have to be too deep, you know, in every position because you know as fast as offense to go nowadays, you know, teams try to get up so many plays and in, in, in games and everything. I know there's a couple of rule changes, Brian, that's happening where, you know, it's kind of going towards the NFL where the clock stops in the last two minutes of the first half and the second half. But before that, the clock, once the ball is, once the next play is over, the clock is continuing. So, you know, it's going to cut out about eight plays, you know, probably more so than anything. I don't see it being more than that. But just talk about, you know, teams that try to get up so many plays, they go so fast. So the rotation is very, very important. Like, what are you guys doing from a from a defensive standpoint of I would try to say to stay in shape, to get to build up, to get ready for these early games in the season where things happen fast? Yeah, I think the first thing starts with Coach Dom in the weight room and our training on the field, getting conditioned and getting as strong as possible. And then secondly, just making sure everybody's ready and acclimated to the playbook that Coach Roberts is putting on us so that everybody's able to contribute uh, as many people as you can. Because like you said, the rotation is going to be important. And uh, if guys haven't played in this league or don't know what it's like, I mean, it's mm -hmm. a problem. Week in and week out, there's no uh, down weeks, which means you need everybody and as many bodies as you can to continue to rotate from the game, but also week to week because um, it's a high-level competition. So I think Coach Dom in the weight room and the weight training every single week is helping us, but also Coach Roberts uh, making sure everybody is in tune with the playbook so that you have the ability to be out there because you know what you're doing. All right. Yeah, let me go one more, Brian, here. If we're right. quick, uh, out for that, I, I would say this. You got a chance to play in a 4-3 defense, and now your base, I think, is a 34 defense, which also you transition to a 4-3 sometimes, just depending on who you're playing or what, what the other team, the opponent, their strength is. Talk about a little bit of the difference, you know, from a jack linebacker in a 34 defense to moving when you go to a 4-3, now it becomes Sam, Mike, and Will. And uh, then you got two down in rushers. Yeah, um, I think, you know, I started off in a 3-4 defense uh, with Coach Mason at Bandy, and that's when I had my most productive uh, years there, and I think that's naturally what I'm the best at. But transitioning from two of 4-3 these past couple of years um, has been different for me um, because just simply you're coming from playing just a strictly non-technique on the edge of defense or sometimes kicking into a six to playing a hard five, a hard six, and then bumping into a four sometimes, um, and sometimes three in a passing rush situation. So. Um, I think it's just, you know, a coach's preference and what they like. I played in all of them. I, I prefer a uh, 3-4, but me playing in the 4-3 the last two years allowed me to have a lot of versatility, which when Coach Roberts wants to go multiple, um, I don't necessarily have to come off the field. and can play in different fronts, in different uh, aspects, um, and also just do the things I love to do, which is setting really good edges, uh, covering guys, and then getting after the quarterback on the edge. So. Uh, Elijah, I'm, I'm curious about your shirt, all for one uh, and one for all. Your Elijah uh, McAllister Foundation. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I started about a year and a half ago in uh, Nashville and New Jersey. So I just, it's a charitable organization that we continue to, you know, educate uh, young uh, adults and youth and have them experience things they have never experienced before. So uh, I have a my second annual youth camp in New Jersey on July 7th. 
And then I also have a back to school drive at the Boys and Girls Club where we'll uh, give 100 uh, kids school supplies and backpacks uh, at the Boys and Girls Club here in Auburn on uh, July 20th. So I'm just want to continue to be a servant uh, to the community uh, as I continue to elevate my life. I know there's people in my life that have uh, important to me, so I just want to give back in any way I can to the people that uh, are in need. And Gunnar mentioned uh, you might be going for your doctorate. Is that, is that correct? Tell us where you are in your academic journey. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, it is. Um, it's just the next step of schooling. So I got my master's degree already, and it was just something where it's the next step of schooling. I didn't really want to take any courses that weren't going to add to hopefully a next degree. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, in order to in order to get a doctorate, I got to take some pretty tough classes. But that doesn't put football on the back burner. I'm 100% bought into football and, and want to be and will be productive this season. But also know that I can take some courses that are going to allow me to get another degree, which will be beneficial for myself and also set some new trajectory for my family uh, for the next generation, which is important as well. Yeah, that's 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 awesome, man. I, I wish a lot of our young guys thought that way. Um, you know, a lot of guys going to look back 10 to 15 years from now and, and see the opportunity that they had in college to take advantage of. And some of them are not going to take advantage of them. And then they're going to wish they would have. And there's going to be guys like yourself, whether you're still playing football or whether you're doing something else, you're going to be a success story. And and it's not because it happened at that standpoint, but it's all because you're building the platform right now. And uh, that's why I always tell guys, pay now, pay later. You know, it takes sacrifice to to achieve great things in life. You know, uh, and sometimes that's your time. Sometimes it's your effort. It's what you're putting your mindset to to build, not for now, but like you say, 15, 20 years from now and generations to come. And uh, so you're on the right track, man. You're you're having the right mindset. And you've also overcome some hurdles, you know, in your career. Uh, You've overcome three ACL. I think you had three ACL tears you have to overcome. Uh, You're also a big, uh, big part of FCA uh, as well on campus. Just talk about overcoming some of those, uh, you know, things that challenge you a little bit, especially as a player, you know, going getting through those three ACL tears. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple guarantees in life. One of them is for sure adversity, and it comes in all shapes, forms, and sizes. Uh, I've had to deal with some injuries uh, in my past, and I've been healthy, thankfully, these last couple years and continue on this year three. And, you know, that just allowed me to be strong uh, and continue to work on uh, things for myself and continue to push through things in terms of a mental toughness standpoint, uh, which allows me to sit here in the seat I, I am today um, leading and, and honestly, like not getting surprised or shocked by anything that comes my way because I've dealt with adversity in the past. So those those, those instances where I had injuries and different things like that, it only made me a better person um, mentally and then made me a better player because I got to see the game from a different way. Now, you know, I've been in different defensive schemes. I've been on the sideline watching uh, football from the box and from mm-hmm. the sidelines, which allows you to see it differently. You know, I used to be like, dang, coach is on me. Like, there's no way these guys aren't going hard. There's no way this doesn't look like this. Or He set the edge when I'm playing, but then when you look at it from the box or from, from the sideline, you're like, oh, the edge really wasn't set. It did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it looks a lot different. So um, overcoming that just, you know, it's just a part of life and this adversity that I was able to push through. And I'm just glad I'm here today with the opportunities I have to continue to uh, be a productive player in this league. Elijah, I'm curious about uh, your time at Auburn off the field. What, what's it been like, the transition from coming you know, from New Jersey to Nashville, now to Auburn? What were some th- things you really enjoyed being here? Yeah, it's a lot different than what I'm accustomed to, but I enjoy it because people here love Auburn. And I'm not used to that. Coming to being in Nashville, it's a tourist city. Yeah. People come in and out, so you don't really see the same people all the time. And in New Jersey, um, you know, it's just 
different. I grew up there and it's a city. There's a lot of people moving around, a lot of different types of people. So it's just different. Whereas here, you know, you feel the pride and joy and love for Auburn and for each other. And you'll, you might see the same person once or twice or see somebody you go to school in the grocery store. And that home feel is important for a college kid to get, but also just to have a great experience in life. So I enjoy it because it's super home, homey feel. Um, it's nice. And uh, Brian, the one thing I know one game is circled on his calendar is November the 4th. You know, we go back to Nashville on November the yeah. 4th. Uh, I know you're probably giving it a little bit of thought. I know you're a one day at a time, one game at a time type of guy. But at the same time, when you saw the schedule and you saw Vanderbilt and you saw it was back in Nashville, what are you looking forward to most in that game? Um, well, honestly, just looking forward to being back in a stadium that I put a lot of time and years and effort into and made a lot of plays on and just doing that in the right uniform uh, in the in the Auburn uh, blue and blue and orange, you know, and just doing that and ultimately coming out with a win. We're excited to go there for a nice trip, a good homecoming, get a win and get a battery and get to the next game. Um, like you said, I'm a one game at a time person, but obviously I'm excited about that because I get to play some friends um, and be around some people who I've share a lot of experiences with, but most importantly, you want to get out there with a win in the right colors. Brian, you got anything else? I'm, 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 I'm good. Yes. Thank you. All right. So, so, you know, talk about just, uh, you know, you're going against his offensive line, uh, in the spring and you've seen Gunner, you've seen Dylan Wade, you've seen Avery Jones, you know, uh, Jeremiah couldn't really participate a lot in the spring, but now he's getting a chance to get back in the, in the form. Uh, Tate Johnson, you know, he's up front. What have you seen from this new group of offensive linemen? Oh, well, you didn't see the old group, but what have you seen so far from my transfer guys that have come in uh, going against them on a daily basis in spring? Yeah, so I've had a lot of experience with some high-level – against some high-level offensive linemen throughout the years. And I can tell you this group um, is no different in terms of the talent level, of the aggressiveness, and the effort they put in every single day. Like, I mean, I played against some some legitimate boys, um, and I see no different. And obviously, you know, I don't know if we have any favorite O-linemen, but, I mean, Dylan Wade is, is a very good athlete and a very good offensive lineman. He reminds me a lot my former teammate who I had, Tyler Steen, uh, who transferred to the other school – from Bandy and end up getting drafted in the third round um, this past year. He reminds me a lot of him. Uh, super strong hands, aggressive, athletic, uh, smart dude. So, I mean, this, this offensive line, I think, you know, I didn't get to see last year, but I played against some really good offensive line. And they're right up there with the best of them. And I think Coach Freeze's offense will help them even more um, be at an advantage for against other defenses. So I love this old offensive line. I think one through five, you're bringing a lot of older guys, a lot of guys who have experience. I think they're going to be a formidable group come forward but I, I really like D Wade a lot um, obviously you know he, he's, he's going to be that, that left tackle spot's important in this league and he's a great, great athlete great person so it reminds me a lot of my former teammate I think he could play at the next level at a high level so. yeah then you talk about um you know Kedra Falk you know the, the big five-star guy that we signed this past year what do you see in Kedra you know, I know this year's going to be a learning curve. He gets a chance to learn behind some really good guys and leaders to have experience at college. But what do you see from Keldred that that you think this kid, that's going to make this kid special? I mean, God has blessed him in many ways, uh, athletically and physically. I mean, uh, if you build a, a, a defensive end, even at his age right now, 18, I mean, he's it. He's only mm -hmm. get his grown man strength, only get stronger, better, more athletic as he gets older. 
Um, but just who he is as a person and his work ethic is second to none for his age and his maturity. So I think, you know, I would never put any pressure or anything on somebody for the next few years. But I'm telling you right now, I, I put my stamp on that kid. He, he's a legitimate kid. He's going to be able to be productive for this university. And he's going to put the country on notice, not for years to come, but he has the ability to do it this year and be productive this year. Um, I mean, the kid, obviously, you know, he has everything you need to look for in defensive end at his young age, physically, but mentally, he's far beyond his years um, in terms of work ethic and who he wants to be. And he truly believes that he can be uh, and reach his full potential, which I think he will. So, yeah. Yeah, before I get to the the quick wrapping fire, we'll put you on the hot seat before we get you out of here. Uh, we just thank you for your time. Uh, just having this secondary behind you guys. You know, you get DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett. You got um, – you know, a lot of guys, Kyan Lee just come in. You got Keontae Scott and Jalen Simpson move from corner to safety. And, you know, Zion Puckett. It's a lot of guys at that position, which adds a lot of depth back there. It's your mindset as a pass rusher. How do you how do you how do you feel rushing the passer, knowing what you have behind you? What does that does that change your mindset as I gotta get to this guy a lot faster because I know I got some guys that can break on the ball or you know, if I can't get there fast enough this time because they're trying to double team me on the outside, I feel comfortable in our DBs to still hold up for us to, to have opportunity to get there. Yeah, I mean, the defensive back unit is probably our best unit on the team and we're one of the best units in the country. I mean, from top to bottom, these guys can play and play with anybody. And it's funny because I like say that as I'm a couple practices in, I'm rushing and I'm just working a move, a little long arm stab, et cetera. And I'm thinking, I'm like, Ball's not out yet. I'm, I'm used to the ball being out very fast and not being able to have the ability to rush in a lot of different instances um, for a lot of different reasons. But here, I'm able to rush, actually rush and have some time to rush. So I'm, thinking, I'm rushing. Oh, I actually have time. The ball's not out. So I'm rushing, working, moving, and getting sacks. And everybody knows rushing cover works together. And right. that group is going to be who they're going to be every single day. They're going to show up and guard people and cover anybody in the country. And that's going to help our front be able to get to the quarterback and then as we get confident as a front and get to the quarterback and get some sacks, it'll in turn help them get some picks. So, um, you know, we're married up from the front to the back end, but that group is super talented, as you know, played a lot of ball at a high level. They're very, very good. And, uh, you know, it just allows me to rush with confidence, knowing that they're going to be covered back there. and The quarterback going to have to pat that ball a little longer than what I'm accustomed to. Yeah. And Elijah, I want to ask you what it's like work, working under Ron Roberts. Um, what can we expect out of his defense? And, what are some different ways we might use the Jack linebackers? Yeah, I mean, Coach Roberts is a is a guy who runs multiple different fronts. Um, and you should expect, you know, a lot of different things. Um, like any defensive scheme, you know, you're gonna get some blitzes, some some coverage things and different things, all different coverages. Um I'll give you too much. I think from a Jack linebacker, you're gonna see a versatile player. You're gonna see a guy that's gonna uh stop the run first and foremost on first and second down, a guy that's gonna dropping the coverage, coverage from tight ends, from backs, and a guy that's going to be able to get on the edge and rush the pressure um, throughout the game, but also have multiple jacks on the field at one time, too, uh, throughout the year. You're going to see that a lot, uh, which would be important and beneficial for not only the group, for the defense. So it would be nice. He, he has a really good mind, obviously, successful defense at different stops he's been at, and uh, this defense is really fun to play in. So. so. That's what's up. Well, you're on the On the Victory podcast, so we have to ask you about NIL and what you think about NIL and, you know, it's changed the game. Uh, you're similar to Gunner, where beginning, there was no NIL. 
and then transfer portal you have to sit out a year if you left now transfer portal has changed nil has changed how's how have you seen uh nil from your from your point of view yeah i mean well i've seen it personally just uh benefit the community because all the nil money i get i give back uh, to my foundation and in turn goes to the community so i mean personally i've seen it uh, change lives because it has allowed me to give back to people in need um, from a general standpoint, I've seen it change athletes' lives from, you know, allowing student athletes to monetize off their name, image, likeness and change their family's life in a way that, you know, they can help provide for their parents uh, back home. Also, you know, get things they would like to and feel comfortable in college and not worrying about, you know, how they're going to pay for this report late at night and how they're going to make weight on Tuesday weigh-ins because they're, they're financially stable in a way and have consistent income coming in. So I think it's been, been beneficial for a lot of different reasons, a lot of different athletes. And I think, you know, as college football goes, the NIL space goes, then it'll be important um, in a lot of different capacities. But it's been nice to have, um, something that I didn't expect to have when I first got to school, but it's just a blessing in all kinds of ways. And I think it's helping not only the athletes, but also the people who they're giving to um, in their communities. What's up? That's what's up. Well, man, we appreciate all the foundation work that you do. It's not many guys that we get on this show, uh, you know, not by fault. It's just that, you know, maybe a lot of guys hadn't thought that far ahead just yet. But, uh, you know, it's a it's a test to your character and, and who you are as a person. Uh, like I say, I can definitely see you being in a leadership position one day when you're done playing ball or that's in the pros for many years or whatever. I think you're going to be great success at, at whatever you choose to do and uh, and everything. But yeah, you had the right mindset and the right heart for it. Uh, rapid fire, put you on the hot seat real quick, you know. Playing in the SEC, you know, this is going to be a big year. One guy you're looking forward to going up against this year or one team. We know, we know, take Alabama out of it. We know Alabama's an iron bowl. I was about to be one. Um, oh, man. I don't even know. I, I haven't played LSU since the Joe Burrow uh, year, so I think okay. uh, that'll be a really fun team to play against and they're on the uptick as well as the program and so are we so i think that'll be a really competitive match um, and i just want to play them and get excited to go against them so yeah fans want to know what's a typical off-season day schedule like right now like working out for us getting up and just take us through your, your schedule for right now right now man wake up 6 30 in the morning go eat breakfast at seven got lift at eight eight to 10 30 ish hop on a podcast at 10 50 you know uh, go get some lunch right afterwards. Then probably have a team run at two o'clock, two thirty, uh, two o'clock outside. Not two thirty, can't be late for that. Two o'clock, uh, <laughs> running outside, doing some team conditioning stuff. Uh, done at like four thirty, and then get to go home, get some food, and uh, get ready for the next day. So a simple day, but it's nice. Cool, cool, cool. What's your favorite place to eat at in Auburn? Man, there's this new place actually that just opened up. It's called Stacks Auburn that I really enjoy. Uh, breakfast okay. spot. So that, that's really nice. They got some really good French toast. I'm a big French toast guy. So Stacks Auburn is called. All right. Stacks Auburn. I got to try that one. I haven't been there yet. I had, uh, the, I had the French toast there last week. So first part. Oh, yeah. oh, so you had it. How long has it been yeah. open? Mm, a few weeks, maybe. Three weeks, yeah. Three weeks, yeah. Okay. Where's it located? It's downtown. I don't really know what it, what it's called. It's kind of by like, oh, man. It's just downtown. I don't really know what, it's, I don't know what street okay. it's called. It's on Magnolia, uh, just down from Taco Mama and, and some of those places okay. right there. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. Check it out. Y'all just gave me another eating spot. I'm all. I'm, all, I'm, I'm yeah. a foodie, Elijah. I'm a foodie. Yeah. So you know, you follow me on IG, you'll know that uh, and everything. Talk about what's your favorite Auburn tradition you're looking forward to this year? 
I've never seen the eagle fly in my life. So excited for that. I want to see it. I want to see what it's all about. I want to see the fans go crazy. I'm excited to experience that. And then uh, also just the fans, seeing them come and support and being there hard and blue, honestly, just to, will, will be just a comforting experience for me uh, from a home team perspective um, and actually feeling that uh, that vibe and, and that fan love from the home team. So it'll be good. So just the eagle fly and then just the tradition and the fans just going crazy for us. Yeah, it's awesome that you guys get a chance to see the Eagle fly. I remember for many years when I played at Auburn, we were still in the locker room when the Eagle was flying. We didn't come out until afterwards. And then uh, I think our senior year, maybe we got a chance for a couple of games to see it actually fly by standing on the sidelines before you go out. And the coaches finally realized, like, hey, this juices up our guys, you know, so let's get them out there and watch this. But, uh, you know, one one last one before we let you get out of here. Um uh, what's the one I say? I say yes. Let's do this one. Night before a big game, what as a defensive end will keep you up at night? What makes you think a little deeper uh, before you want to get to that field and 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 go after it? Man, I mean, not too much allows me. Uh, I don't know if you can't tell. I'm not really an overthinker or something like that gets shaken up by too much. But before the game, I'm just watching NFL guys highlights, watching mm-hmm. different moves they work and watching different guys work different moves against some elite tackles, so that you know. Maybe through some osmosis or some muscle memory as I'm watching this, I might pull off a move in the game. So um, I kind of – the night before, I kind of get all my film study and stuff done for the team. Uh, it's already done that Friday night, and that's just re- really me enjoying myself and watching things I like, which are NFL highlights and some guys get some moves from. So watch them be successful and, and sometimes watch myself. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, Elijah, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show today, man. This is a great choice, a great treat to have you on, man. I think you're a great ambassador, like I said before. Continue to do what you do in the community. Continue to do what you do for this football team. All your teammates speak very highly of you, uh, you know, and everything. And uh, this team needs guys like you. You know, we've had two rough seasons and, you know, building high character guys and getting Auburn men uh, to come and participate, I think, going to get this thing turned around quicker than it would have have taken because we had the right type of guys, and that includes you on that list. So we appreciate you coming on. Brian, great, great show again. Thank you Enjoy for it. coming on. They say you can find Brian at AuburnSports.com. He also works with Rivals and uh, and everything. And like I said, here I am, your host, Brian's co-host today. And uh, until our next show, On to Victory podcast, continue to subscribe, continue to support our student-athletes. And thank you for all that you do for the Auburn students. And uh, we will continue to bring you great guests to this show. And like we like to say, War Eagle.